0: So when I was growing up, I had this fascination with wanting to understand what fitness was. You know, trying to understand where muscle came from. How'd you get it? How'd you get stronger? How did you, you know, what kind of workouts did you have to do? How long did you have to work out for? Was running going to build muscle? Like all these different questions. And I think there's a really good way to simplify a complicated answer. Um, and, and And I'll complicate it, but then simplify it for you so you can have both sides. But I think fitness comes down to, at least in human mammals, which energy system you're trying to train, because depending on which energy system you train will likely create the outcome in your overall fitness. So I really want to discuss energy systems, what they're responsible for, how they work, how to apply them to your life and then as such if you're training those energy systems you should be able to improve the output based on what science is suggesting uh, of your overall capacity whether that's you improving your own musculature um, or you improving your overall strength or you improving your overall cardio and those are pretty much the three main energy systems and we'll talk about how to understand them. Good morning everyone, my name is Kyle Rauch and this is The Daily Fitness Education, the podcast designed to highlight how anyone can become successful in any endeavor at all in life. Learning, every day. I'll discuss something that I've learned in the past, something I may have learned that day, or something that I'm about to learn. Through books, mentors, courses, formal education, colleagues, and practical steps with clients, you can listen along through the lens of a personal trainer and the healthy enthusiasts around me and learn from my trials and tribulations as to how to achieve the intangible habits to pursue your own future in fitness. Okay, so when we break down the energy systems, the easiest way to do it is to think about, or at least, you know, it was explained to me in a really cool way think about a sprint. Think about running as hard as you possibly can. And average science is the numbers we're going to be talking about um, as to what happens to you during that sprint. So if we sprint for upwards of three minutes, let's say, um, you're going to start out, if you're sprinting as hard as you can, training your strength-based system, your phosphagen system, or your ATP-CP system. Now, there's fancy names for this. Uh, have I done the tests? No, uh, Do I have I read the terminology? ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate. The, the point is not to overcomplicate the process, though. If you simply just understand that the first, on average, 10 to 12 seconds of a sprint is when you're training your strength-based system, you're going to understand the Variables or the timelines in which you should be training things, maximum effort, short bursts of demand. You're gonna be training a strength based system. So, how do I become stronger? Well, I tax my body, you know, in bench press situations, in uh, sprinting situations, and leg press and squatting, and you know, any kind of physical demand that lasts no longer than 10 to 12 seconds and pushes you as hard as you possibly can this is strength. So, after about 10 to 12 seconds of a sprint, you're going to switch into your anaerobic system. You're going to start huffing and puffing, breathing as hard as you can. Uh, Your legs are going to start to burn. Your arms are going to start pumping as hard as you possibly can. And you're not exhausted yet, but you know that you are functioning. And if you're still sprinting as hard as you can, you won't be moving as fast as you were in that first 10 to 12 seconds. For a window here of about 10 to 12 seconds to two and a half minutes or so on average is when we're taxing our anaerobic system, our musculature system, our glycolytic system, the things that rely on carbohydrates or glycogen to support function and movement. Now, without digressing about all the different pieces, just understand within that window of 10 to 12 seconds to two and a half minutes or so on average, you're going to be training musculature. You're going to be taxing musculature and anything beyond two and a half Minutes. If you just observe how you're feeling, you have to slow right down. Your legs lock up. You get full of lactic acid. You you breathe super hard. You feel awful. You have to you know shift from energy system to energy system, and you go from your anaerobic system to your aerobic system, your cardiovascular system, your oxidative phosphorylative system, your you know the the ones that require oxygen, your respiratory system. Everything that's gonna be needed for you to be functioning. Now, how long can you do this for? Two and a half minutes, uh, days, days and days. There's ultra-marathon runners, there are people who can imp- you know, do their cardiovascular system for hours and hours and hours, and even then when you've hit the, the ground, your cardiovascular system is still functioning if you if you run so long that you can't move and you faint. Uh, you're still going to be breathing and your heart's still going to be working. So this, this energy system is the most uh, human-like of energy system. It's, it's the one that's most efficient for us. But when we start to understand energy systems and want to understand what we're doing, I think I think we need to dive into some literature and just really rip this apart. Because first off, action-reaction, Newton's third law, if you're training your strength-based system, you're going to get stronger. If you're training your aerobic-based system, you're going to build more muscle. Or you're Sorry, your anaerobic system, you're going to build more muscle. And if you're training your aerobic system, your heart rate, your circulation, your respiratory tract, all those things are going to improve in their capacity. This is how you improve fitness. Action, reaction. Over time, one workout is not going to create too much stimulation. Consistently putting yourself into those adaptation situations is. Now, what does this really mean to me? Well... If we look at the stats, and this is not saying that there's not a time and place for each one of these energy systems, strength and training your strength-based system, you're not very efficient with it. You only last about 10 to 12 seconds, which means it's not the most efficient human energy system. Yes, we have it as capacity, but it's not really going to do much for our overall health and well-being, at least in terms of comparing it to the other energy systems, your muscle-based system, anaerobic system, or your cardio-based system, your aerobic system. Strength for me is highly relevant because it it can allow you to be able to do different energy systems more effectively. It is remarkable for producing testosterone and growth hormone, which has a a remarkable amount, which I'm not gonna talk about in this episode, a remarkable amount of outcomes for your overall health and well-being to have regulatory, regulated hormonal function in the body. But it's it's not the most conducive because statistically there's the highest amount of injury and if we look at the axial skeleton, the spine of a human body, it's not designed to bear a ton of load. It's not designed to have a ton of stuff on it always, right? And, w- and when we do, we can see consistent amounts of injuries going on within the spines of our strength-based athletes these days. Now, the only, the only difference that I'm trying to separate here is not to say that strength is not bad. It, it has a, it, you know It's a remarkable athletic and impressive feat. But if you're, if you're not doing it for sport, it's not necessarily something that you should be doing a lot of, not to say you shouldn't be doing it at all, but a lot of for fitness. If we're talking about how to improve your fitness and maintain that fitness, that's the key. Maintain your fitness for a very long time. Strength is not actually gonna be something that's gonna be incorporated into your life on a daily basis. It's something that you should be doing over time. Um, and that first energy system your your strength based system that first 10 to 12 seconds actually takes i think i was at a, a swiss conference one of the world famous swiss conference in mississauga ontario hosted by a guy named dr ken Kanak, and he brings in doctors from all over the world and there was a conversation there to suggest that your central nervous system the the main outlet of your strength doesn't fully recover in your your hormonal regulation and your adrenal release doesn't actually fully regulate and recover back fully until up to five to seven days, which means you don't really need to train your strength system any more than maybe once a week. Right now we don't have to go down the rabbit hole too much. Obviously if you followed me at all in any of my content, you realize that I'm, you know, I'm not all about strength. I think it's super relevant. I definitely strength lift. I definitely power lift. Um, but it's not, it's not my go-to. It's not the day-to-day because it's, it's going to hurt you statistically. It's, it's the highest likelihood in all training modalities, at least in terms of the gym. The second is your muscle-based system. Hypertrophy, how to gain muscle, bodybuilding, right? How to look good naked, like these things. Now, strength will do that. Strength does that in a different way, at least from, the, from my education. Strength will improve your hormonal system and if you have more testosterone, circulating growth hormone, you should be able to have more lean body mass, more lean tissue, so you will naturally look more fit if you're a, a power lifter or a strength lifter, but musculature is it comes from taxation. You will feel this in the difference because, when, like I said, when you shift from that 10 to 12 seconds into your anaerobic system, you're going to feel your legs start to burn. You're going to start to feel your heart pumping really hard. Those are good indications that you are now taxing your musculature. If you lift really heavy, once the next day you don't necessarily feel it, unless of course you've, you know, torn a ligament or, or slipped a disc or injured a bone. If you lift something heavy and then the next day you know it's normal not to feel anything, but if you tax your musculature, if you haven't in a while, you're going to feel it the next day. Your legs are going to be fried, um, or back is going to be fried, or hips are going to be fried, like whatever whatever you really had done for anywhere beyond 10 to 12 seconds is what you potentially may feel the next day. How do you train this in the gym? Well, um, and why is it relevant? Because, you know, it has all these terms like bodybuilding and hypertrophy and, um, you know, beach body and just different things. But the truth is you're training your anaerobic uh, uh, glycolytic system, the one that relies on carbohydrates. And this is is important because I'm going to tie this in at the end when you train your anaerobic system you're improving your body's structure you're improving the musculature around things you're improving function now if you if you train at a balance you can train at a balance and and you know reduce your function and make your and hinder your function or make your function worse but typically uh, weight training in the modern day, has been it's shown to be massive in lengthening telomeres, in improving and reducing uh, fat metabolism, and in improving your waistline. I guess reducing the waistline. Now, it hurts. <laughs> training, training your musculature burns like crazy, and this middle energy system, when you're trying to build muscle, action reaction means. If it starts to burn during, it's most likely because you're tearing muscle. And this is a good thing. You want to be tearing and breaking down muscle uh, so it can then be, with protein and with recovery, restored to be new muscle. Um, And when we're trying to tax this, just know that if you're training musculature between 10 to 12 seconds, uh, upwards of two and a half minutes, you're going to most likely be building muscle. Okay? There's lots of nuances as to what's gonna build dense muscle and what's gonna build uh, you know, muscle that's highly endurance and can handle a lot of load over time. Uh, very deep conversations, but we don't need to go that far just to understand that if you're trying to build muscle, just make sure you're taxing your musculature for over 12 seconds. Many people will say, oh, it's the 10 reps, three sets of 10. Well, if you do those 10 reps, a second each, you're still in your strength system. Right? If you're that explosive where each rep is only half a second, then you're training your strength system and not taxing musculature. But if you slow down those reps and you're, you're being taxed in a way that's very difficult for you, but if you slow down those reps and go two seconds and two seconds, now you're at four or four seconds per rep and 10 reps and 40 seconds total for that working set, which means you're going to be taxing your musculature. So the best way to understand this If you're controlling your reps, is strength is gonna be from a rep of one to five. If you're failing around five and you're slowing your reps down and not doing super fast, that is strength. Six, and I've seen upwards of 15, but let's say six and 12, is how you're gonna train your anaerobic system. It's how you're gonna build musculature. And anything 13 plus, or in the certification that suggested 15 was still adequate to be building a a significant amount of muscle or maximizing hypertrophy, then 13 plus to 15 plus, which means hundreds of reps, can be training your aerobic system. Now, muscle endurance is also trained above that 13 reps, which means you can still be building muscle. Like, you can still go for a run, improve your strength, improve your muscle. It's just not a direct link right like going if you haven't been running for two weeks and you go for a run you will actively be improving your strength because they all work together right every energy system works together so this is where the complication comes in and people say oh strength is the answer to muscle it's like no no (laughs) muscle is the answer to muscle strength is the answer to strength right (laughs) training one to five is the answer to how to become stronger training six to 12 is the answer to how to become and build more muscle not the only way because doing strength will help you build muscle but it's nowhere near as much of a direct link think of it that way like it's a direct link to the outcome and then training anything 13 reps and above is going to improve your cardio system and your um, you know your, your respiratory tract so I think this is a super relevant conversation how to tie it into which ones you should be doing most often it's really based on your outcomes if you want to be an Olympic lifter or a powerlifter competitively you should be powerlifting um, if you know in my opinion I don't think you should be doing it unless of course you can have remarkable outcomes um, because it's detrimental for long-term well-being however if you don't care about your future which is not necessarily you, maybe you should be following me because uh, I care a ton about my future and your future Um, then uh, if you don't care too much, then you know you can be a flow junkie and live through the idea of adrenaline and there's remarkable evidence that suggests that your life can massively be improved by living in the moment and getting a ton of energy through flow. If you, if you wanna read about flow, you can check it out. And I've heard it in two books. One's called Flow by Dr. Mihaly uh a doctor of psychology. And it was rewritten and discussed in Adventure Athletes in a book called The Rise of Superman. And both of those were awesome books. Uh, again, that's The Rise of Superman. Sometimes I find in podcasts people say the book so quickly that I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta rewind it and go and listen to it again. You don't have to do that. I'll say the book multiple times, or at least do my best intention to articulate them well so you can hear what I'm saying. But strength, I think, is something to be respected. I don't think it's very efficient. If, if you know, in, in fitness, as coaches, between strength lifts, uh, maxing and taxing your body's ability out, over the course of 10 to 12 seconds, the recommendation and the science pushes us to be resting for upwards of 4 to 10 minutes. I, I work with... A personal trainer, and her boyfriend is a competitive powerlifter. He trains and and competes all over the world. He's super effective, and the guy—the guy's a monster. He picks up over 800 pounds. I asked him because, you know, I collect information from everyone if I, you know, see impressive people and smart people. Ask them questions, and he said that he rests upwards of 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes between lifts, which means your body is not overly efficient. doing this. The direct lineation is if you take, you know, a mile run, you don't have to rest at all. You can just continue doing more miles of runs. Sure, if your cardio conditioning is really weak, then, you know, a mile run might absolutely destroy you. But if you're conditioned, if you've trained, the human system is far more efficient in its cardiovascular energy system than it is in its uh, central nervous system, its electric output, its strength-based system. So what does this mean? I think the answer lies, lies in the balance considering um, you know what's going to improve your aesthetics, strength and muscle mass, uh, those is going to improve your aesthetics for sure, and a little bit of cardio. It's going to help you lean out a little bit. Um, but in the modern day, trying to understand this, we're talking about efficiency here. Human beings have been designed, if you read a book called Sapiens, it's a remarkable book, Really interesting anthropological anthropology talks about, you know, the origin of species and different kinds of things like that. Suggests that human mammals moved anywhere from six to eight hours a day, like we were running and, and hunter gathering and moving around for six to eight hours a day. That means that we moved a lot more than we do now, and I think many people can agree that modern day life of sitting and working and going from your couch to your car and your car to your desk and your desk back to your car and your, your car to your couch and your couch to your bed is like, there's not a lot of movement there, not six to eight hours worth of cardiovascular conditioning. So what we're trying to do as personal trainers is jam in, you know, the six to eight hours of movement into a 45 minute window, like 45 minutes of hard exercise to somehow solve the fitness problem. Well, I don't think it works that way. Um, I think it comes from a lifestyle of doing little bits of movement in the morning, going, for, you know, taking the stairs, going for walks every now and again, growth mindset, doing the challenging stuff, um, rigorously training three to six days a week. Not every week training three, not every week training six, but in the balance of moving it around in those energy systems and just and just playing around with it um, doing some mobility and stretching at night going for an extra walk after dinner like all of these different pieces to improve fitness now people are like i don't have the time i'm like well you gotta you gotta make it and i and i we have a lifestyle audit at the end game fitness and i think it's super remarkable because look at your life if you don't have time it's because you haven't made it um or you're not using it effectively you know, uh, If you wanna play video games, great, but play them far less, or, or else you're gonna have far less time in your life because fitness is a direct correlation to long-term well-being to be able to play it. Now, I'm stepping outside the energy system conversation. Um, what I think is most relevant and what they're recommending is hypertrophy, uh, that middle section, the aerobic. Why? Well, you can tax your cardio system, uh, you are challenging your strength-based system, but the musculature, uh, is highly, highly in need of glycogen. And glycogen is the stored form within your liver, your brain, and your musculature of uh, glucose or sugar, right? All forms of sugar are stored in muscle, your liver, and your brain, I believe, as glycogen. Why is this relevant? Well, we live in a society full of carbohydrates, good carbohydrates and not very healthy carbohydrates, fun carbohydrates, right? So if you weight train, if you train your hypertrophy, your anaerobic-based system, you're going to be absorbing and utilizing sugar far more effectively than if you train your strength or your aerobic-based system. Your strength system is highly hormonal in nature. It taxes hormones and, and your metabolism. Your anaerobic system is very energy based in in understanding like it, it uses carbohydrates like crazy and your oxidative or your cardio system is highly highly correlated to using fat the problem is that carbohydrates are way more efficient they are burned way faster this is why when you throw a handful of nuts in your mouth something highly fat based you don't really notice any difference they are burned extremely slowly they're difficult to metabolize carbohydrates you put some rice into you you will be sleepy immediately why because your body is using energy immediately to break down those carbs because they're so easy to break down now this is the understanding this is what I had learned through courses and literature it could be right it could be wrong I'm fairly sure it's fairly right Uh, I just don't like to hold on to any one idea because information and science is always changing But under this understanding, and we find some remarkable correlations to this concept, if you train your musculature system, you'll be utilizing the carbs that are in your system more readily, you'll burn off the carbohydrates far faster, and you'll be able to tax your fat system, or the fat within your body, and use it for energy sooner, if you're training your musculature. Cardio doesn't tax your musculature. It doesn't burn carbohydrates. So what happens is someone goes for a 30 minute Cardio session, they're like, you know, I've been doing this for two weeks and I haven't lost any weight. It's like, because you have a remarkable amount of carbohydrate in your system, and cardio is not doing much to burn it off. If you didn't have carbs in your system, cardio would do a remarkable job at burning the fat. But because carbs are easier to use, the body will use them for, first and store fat, uh, you know, as a survival instinct, because carbs were nowhere near uh, in the abundance at which they are now. It's only modern commerce that has decided that we're gonna mass produce carbs because instinctually we crave them like crazy because they were so rare and so efficient for our body to utilize for energy. I know I'm going down a million rabbit holes. I'm very scattered, but I hope you get a lot of good information in this education. There is a lot of good stuff here. But hypertrophy, not only for bodybuilding, not only for aesthetics, I believe it's one of the most efficient ways to keep yourself healthy in the modern day with a 45-minute window of conditioning. This is why the vast majority of personal trainers are training their clients with hypertrophy, with weights. Um, there are trainers who are using, I, I think, over-utilizing strength um, and under-utilizing cardio, but I think there are trainers who are over-utilizing cardio and under-utilizing hypertrophy. Um, either way, that is my synopsis of hypertrophy you or, uh, of energy systems. This is how you can understand it. The direct link, strength is strength, hypertrophy is hypertrophy, cardio is cardio. The number one indication of long-term well-being for human mammals is still cardio, your heart strength, so you have to train your cardio if you want to improve your long-term well-being, at least in terms of fitness. Hypertrophy is recommended for people of all ages, it's recommended for the elderly to improve joint function, to improve you know, capacity to move. We don't usually need to pick up 400 pounds, so... I, you know, at least in terms of day-to-day life, I don't know many people that need to be powerlifting 400 pounds. The risk of injury is much higher. Yes, there's remarkable uh, use in corrective exercise, uh, and I've seen it and been, you know, some studying some interesting stuff uh, by a guy named Dr. Andrew Robb. He's a chiropractor in Canada. <laughs> but that being said, I hope this gives you a better understanding of how to view energy systems and exercise, so that you're not just sitting there well what is you know strength is how you build muscle. Powerlifting is how you gain muscle and become an athlete and look fit it's like well no it's how you become stronger how you look fit you know is hypertrophy and how you live a long and healthy life is cardio typically those are the strongest correlations but uh super grateful to have you guys along with me here as i learn you guys will learn and we will grow together uh rising tide raises all ships hope you guys have a wonderful day uh, all Again, this is about your future in fitness Super pumped to be here along the ride with you guys Enjoy and peace out for now